Welcome to the Doctors Building Wealth Podcast, the place where we talk about the strategies, habits, and mindset that separate wealthy docs from those who are not. We're your hosts, Leiti and Kenji. Today, we're going to cover the top things we learned building our semi-retired MD business this year. For those of you who don't know the story behind our business, we started Semi-Retired MD in 2018 as a passion project. We saw so many of our colleagues struggling with burnout, and we saw the benefits of having an alternative income stream. But we really didn't have a business. In fact, that first year, we only made $1,000. Fast forward to this year, a year and a half later, and we built this company into a multi-seven-figure business. So the way we're going to do this is I asked Leite to come up with her top three things that she learned building the business this year, and I've come up with my top three, and we're going to see how they match up or how they differ. With that, let's dive in. So Leite, what's your number one thing that you learned building our business this year? So I know we have already chatted about this before, about relationships and the importance of relationships. But in the last six months, what I've learned that's a little bit different than what I had realized before about the importance of relationships is how much your relationship with your independent contractors slash employees really determines how successful your business is. And I know that both of us really had limiting beliefs about hiring employees and feeling like that there weren't that many good people out there and that maybe we always felt like in order to get it done right, we had to do it ourselves. And so we had to kind of overcome those limiting beliefs to build a team this year. And so one of the things I really, really got in the last six months is how much if you invest in those relationships, those personal relationships with your employees, how they will show up as just a powerful member of your team and really champion and move your business forward in ways that you can't even anticipate. Yeah, I agree. And actually, that matches up with uh, one of mine. It wasn't my top, but one of mine was something along those lines, but I couched it a little bit differently, which is that we had this limiting belief about building teams and we dreaded it, right? But now I have the mindset that building teams can be fun. Mm -hmm. And it's actually really rewarding to hire people, bring them in and have them champion your mission, right? I think that's really rewarding. And also, I love this analogy of if you can get everybody rowing the boat in the same direction, you can go so much further as a business than you could alone, right? Absolutely. And I think that's kind of what we thought was like, man, nobody can do this better than I can. But actually, the difference is now we actually recognize our weaknesses and we hire for our weaknesses or hire for what we can't do or somebody else is better at. I mean, we kind of always knew we had some weaknesses. Let's just put it out there. But yeah, I definitely think that relationships are always number one for me anyway, in both the success of our business in the beginning with affiliates and with friends who helped us. And now again, relationships are key in my book for the success of our business even a year later, just a little bit different relationships. Yeah. And the other thing I wanted to kind of point out was that I think we had a lot of limiting beliefs around hiring. And some of these limiting beliefs were, number one, I'm not good at hiring. Number two, I can't manage people. And we talked about limiting beliefs before, but one of the most powerful things that you can do is first recognize that you have a limiting belief, 
But the second is to actually replace it with a more empowering belief, right? And so when it comes to, I'm not good at managing people, well, I can learn, right? And I can learn to be good at managing people. I think we're still learning, but I think we're getting better at it. So maybe I can go with my number two because that's exactly what my number two is. So okay. my, my number one was, you know, relationships are absolutely key to moving your business forward. My number two was really that like, over time, you change roles in a business. So I remember hearing Tony Robbins once say, like, who you are today and where you've built your business to is not where or the person you have to be to build your business to the next level. And I didn't quite understand that. But I think what he was saying was that your skills and how you kind of have to change yourself to reach the next level in your business are actually quite substantial. And you do have to be a, become a different person. And we've been listening to Brooke Castillo's entrepreneurial management course. And one of the things she says is when you're initially just a, an entrepreneur, just, you know, basically by yourself, or in our case, it was both of us, you're a hunter and you go out and you, you know, hunt and you get your clients or whatever and you come back. But when you start building your business and you become more than just you, you suddenly become a farmer and you actually have to take the time and teach somebody how to plant the crops. And then you oversee the planting of all these crops by all these different people. And it's a totally different role and a totally different job. And you have to show up as a different person. And you also have to focus on different things. So for example, I spent a lot of my time now doing like systems and processes and thinking about legal and thinking about things like that, that, you know, as a single entrepreneur, you just don't think about that most of your time. So I actually had to change as our business grew, both what I do and also my skill set is changing as well. So I'm always growing and always learning. Yeah, I really love that. Yeah. So, you know, your first one is all about relationships and relationships with people. The second one is about actually looking internally and saying, I need to change as a leader, as a manager. And you're actually changing completely what you're doing, what you're focused on. Systems and processes. I mean, those were things back in the day we used to kind of go, you know, that's so not interesting. Like, I don't want to spend my time doing that, but that's all we focus on right now, building good systems and processes, literally recording every single thing that we do. So not only our employees know how to do it, the people that are below them know how to do what that role is. So I think, yeah, it's been a real transformation for me as well to change, you know, my role and what we do. Yeah. And again, there's a lot of limiting beliefs in this, you know, and it's really mindset training too. saying I'm going to embrace this instead of I'm just going to go in begrudgingly, which is kind of how I initially approached it. And now I'm really saying like, this is just the natural part of an evolution of a business. And like, I need to grow my strengths and embrace systems and processes and learn to love them. And so that's what I'm working on doing now, which is a big change. So that's my number one and number two. Let's go to you. <laughs> What's okay. your number one? My number one was actually all about COVID. And I don't think, you know, we can talk about 2020 without talking about COVID. So the reason why this is my number one is this was a good reminder, again, of something that we, and especially me, think about whenever something negative happens, I always think to myself, how is life happening for us? And, you know, this happened to us at the end of last year when we needed to close on a property that property didn't close on December 31st like it had to. And we had to close for tax reasons. We had a lot of tax benefits that were coming to us if we closed on December 31st. It didn't happen. And instead of kind of saying, you know, like, 
being dejected and kind of sad or feeling sorry for ourselves, we said, okay, how is life happening for us? And in fact, that whole situation turned around and actually life really did happen for us. We got an even better deal three months later in March of this year. But the point of life happening for us, it's not about positive thinking. It's not saying taking a negative and going, okay, I'm going to think positively about this. That's like way too passive. Life happening for us is actually shifting your mindset so quickly and then taking action as a result, right? Because your actions are going to be totally different if you're thinking like, okay, how is life happening for me? Life is happening for me somehow, and I'm going to turn this thing around, right? And so just as an example, in our business, how life happened for us was that COVID really happened for us. I mean, I think one of the things that we quickly did was we actually changed all of our copy and everything that we had about the course, you know, selling our course, we completely changed the language and everything we were talking and saying about the course and focused it on COVID and what was happening currently. And that was kind of a bit of a last minute change, but I think a really important one. And I think that was one of the reasons why we had such a successful launch this year. Yeah, totally agree. I remember feeling fear, like what's going to happen with our course this time? Like, are people still going to want to join us for this journey and want to invest in real estate? And I remember actually we were in a, a mastermind with Sunny Smith, Peter Kim and Bonnie Koo. And I remember I could even see that Sunny had a doubt, like how well our course was going to do. And, and Sunny is always the champion of everybody. And so that really struck a little chord of fear in, in me. But then I remembered saying, okay, well, this is the opportunity to become a better business and to find a way to come out of this stronger as a business. And so I think that's exactly what we did. It required a lot more work to pivot. And, you know, in the end, it worked out really, really well. And we ended up with what, four times the number of students than we had had previously. So it was a big deal. Yeah. And I also, uh, you know, obviously for the people listening know that we follow Tony Robbins and just thinking about him and his business. And so his business is, is events and having, you know, getting 16,000 people in an arena and everybody screaming and yelling and not wearing masks. Obviously you can't do that anymore. And so what did he do? He created a virtual experience. I mean, literally it's an experience where you can do his events from your home. And I think instead of kind of being passive and playing the victim, what he did was he said, okay, how's life happening for us? What are the benefits of this? And I think the benefits are, number one, you can actually serve more than the capacity of a stadium. You can serve actually, I think he served like 22,000 people. And normally his stadiums are 10 to 15,000. And I think the other benefit is that I think he actually opened up the opportunity for people to learn more about him to a lot more people because what people are doing is they're watching it from home and their family members are there watching it as well. Mm -hmm. And so all of a sudden, he's actually talking and speaking to a much broader audience. And so I really think this is going to be life happening for him. I think he's going to become even bigger than before. This episode is brought to you by Dan Peck of Caliber Home Loans. If you're an experienced investor, you'll know just how important it is to have a lender who knows how to work with investors. Now, we've been working with Dan and his team for over five years now, and he's our go-to whenever we need a residential loan for our investment properties. Now, if you're new to investing, you might not know this, but your lender can sometimes be the difference between getting a great deal or completely missing out on it because your lender couldn't close a deal. Now, I did want to point out that Dan can help you not only with your investment properties, but also if you're looking to buy a primary residence or a vacation home. So the next time you're looking for a residential lender, be sure to email Dan at semi-retiredmd at caliberhomeloans.com to get a free consultation. 
Also wanted to give a shout out to Joe Weitzel of Northwest Commercial Lending for being a sponsor of the show. Now, I don't know about you, but if you've ever tried to get a loan for a commercial property for less than a million dollars, good luck. Most commercial loan brokers don't deal in small loans. And this is where Joe and his team shine. They help investors find a commercial loan no matter the size. And they actually love working with new investors and helping them grow their portfolios. So the next time you're in the market for a commercial loan, be sure to reach out to Joe and his team by emailing them at semiretiredmd at nwclending.com. Now back to the show. So the next thing that I had on, I know you've done one, I've done two, but I want to tell you number three. So this comes from Entrepreneurial Management Again by Book Castillo. So one of the things she said in that is that your company needs to have values. And these should be values that are already in the company, not things you're striving to get. And I think my natural tendency in thinking about company values would be thinking about like, okay, what do I want this company to be like rather than what is this company already about innately because that's the way we've built it. And so when I thought about our company values, it was so absolutely clear what they were already. So for us, there are be mission-driven, be self-directed, and have a growth mindset. And when I immediately came up with those, it was like so clear that that's what we're about. And because we now have these company values, it's made hiring so much easier because we have a lens where we can look at people through and say, do they match our company values already? And if they match our company values, it's so easy to say, yes, they're the right fit for our culture. And I think, you know, I remember back to listening to Keith Cunningham at Business Mastery last year. And one of the things he was always talking about is when he buys a new company, he goes in and he changes the culture and it increases productivity by like 30% immediately. And culture is absolutely the key to company performance. And these values actually align the culture of your company and create it. And then it helps everyone work together again to use your analogy, rowing the boat in the same direction. But before I really like came up with our values, I think I didn't have a clear vision of the type of people I wanted on the team. And now it's so, so, so clear. So that's a big step for me in the last six months was coming up with our company values and applying them every single day. Yeah, I, I think it's really important for a company to stand for something. And if you don't stand for something and if it's not clear then I think it's a lot harder for people to, you know, get on board and, and row that boat in the same direction. So I think that was a huge thing. And I am also struck by how clear it is now when we're hiring and also when we're evaluating people in our business, in our company, our employees, you can tell immediately if somebody is living those values or not. When you then tie compensation to that, it's even more powerful because they really need to embrace those values and live those values every day. And so that has been a huge thing for us, I think. And, and actually really has caused as kind of like what we were kind of bringing back to my other one, which is it's actually made it fun because when you got everybody playing the same game and going in the same direction, it's just really fun to see the success and celebrate all together. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, I want to just tie this to real estate, which is the same thing. We created company values for our real estate company. And a lot of it is actually focused on the tenant experience and bringing a quality product to our tenant. And then also about maximizing cash flow and making sure that we're running our company efficiently. 
So even if you just have a couple rentals, I think thinking through your company values of how you want to lead your rentals, what that helps you do is make decisions. Because if you ever get to a decision, you're like, "Mm, I'm not sure what the right way to go. Your company values, you can use them as a guide to tell you what the right choice is based on what you want your company to be about. That's great. So I'm going to talk about my third. So my third is discipline is a daily practice. And what I mean by that is, you know, we, we've got a lot of things going on. We have our businesses, we have our family, and also, you know, we need to make sure that we fill our own cups so that we take care of ourselves, right? Our health, exercise, eating right, taking time for ourselves, right? That's really important. Question is, how do you do all that? when there's so many things going on. And I think the real key is you really have to be disciplined about your time. And so one of the things that we're working on this year and, you know, we're starting to see some success is, is really batching our time, setting aside certain days for certain things. So for example, Monday would be a planning day for both ourselves and our team. And we plan not just our semi-retired business, but also our real estate business. And that day is dedicated to planning. And then Tuesdays is a content day where we'll do podcasts or we'll write content. And then Wednesday would be a day off. And that's the time where we can connect, Leite and I can connect, and also we where we can set aside some time for ourselves. And then Thursdays, what we're going to be doing is focusing on processes and systems, or Leite is going to focus on that while I focus on the real estate business. But the point is, is it's not to kind of lay out our schedule and kind of show you like how we're doing it. The idea is to kind of make it very clear, not just to ourselves, but also to our team when certain things are happening, right? And so our team knows never to set a podcast interview on a day other than the content day, right? Those have to be done on Tuesdays. And so they're helping us protect our time by making it very clear what the schedule is. Also, they have certainty about when they can come and talk to us about certain things. And I think that's actually really helpful for people. You know, certainty is one of those human needs. I mean, people need certainty. And actually, to take it to real estate, I think this is actually one of the reasons why people continue to pay rent, even with these eviction moratoriums and and these moratoriums around, you know, you don't have to pay your rent, but renters are continuing to pay rent because that's the one thing that is certain is if they continue to pay their rent, they're going to have a roof over their heads. Everything else is uncertain. So that was an explanation. Somebody brought that up. I don't remember who, but I thought that was a really cool reason for why people are continuing to pay rent. And so same thing here with our employees. You know, they need to have certainty about when certain things are going to happen, right? And when they can count on us and when we're going to show up and be there. And so that's actually one thing that I learned that I think has, has been really beneficial, not just for us, but also for our team to have this be very disciplined about our schedule. Yeah. And there are a couple other underlying points I want to make about our schedule. Number one is we're scheduling time off together. And I think the trap we've fallen into in the last year is if we don't schedule time off, like it just doesn't happen because there's always more work to do. Building a business is more of a marathon than a sprint. And if you're always sprinting, you're going to burn out, you're going to become exhausted, and it's not going to be as successful as if you take the thinking time, which is another part that I want to talk about, and take the time to fill your own cup and then show up in your business really filled. And thinking time is something we learned again from Keith Cunningham. And that's actually sitting down for 45 minute blocks and just coming up with questions and then answering them, you know, as best you can about your business and pushing yourself to think actively about your business instead of putting out the next fire or running off to do whatever task. And so I think our Wednesdays are going to be 
time together, but also some element of thinking time where we're just thinking about how we can improve our business and brainstorming and just allowing creative juices to flow rather than working. Yeah, I agree. And I think uh, our Wednesdays are going to be for thinking. And one of the ways that we love to do it is by hiking. You know, Mm -hmm. we'll hike and actually kind of plan and think together. Another time that we do it is uh, we every year we set aside, you know, three days or so just for the two of us. And it's time for us to reconnect, time for us to work on our relationship, but also it's time for us to think and plan our life and our business. And that's been extremely valuable. Uh, again, when we do it, we don't do it with the kids. Uh, of course, you know, we, it's just the two of us. And so that is, uh, I think, yeah, I agree. Thinking time is so key. And actually, that's actually when we decided that we're going to monetize a business and how we're going to monetize a business, right? And so I think that was really uh, very important. Yeah, it's where we decided we were going to grow our real estate business and go bigger, definitely. And so a lot of our really great ideas come out of spending three days just thinking and talking and relaxing together. Can I throw in a bonus one? Sure, yeah, <laughs> Cause I ahead. created one bonus one. So my bonus one is about having a clear vision of where you're going. So having now interviewed many, many independent contractors, I can tell you like a number of them have asked me as part of the interview, like, where's your company going? Like, what's it going to look like? And especially the good ones, they asked me this. And I think it's a really good, good question because I think people gravitate to people who have a vision of where they're going. And we've always had a vision of where our real estate business is going and why it's going there. But I don't know that I always had a clear vision of where semi-retired MD was going. I think that's really come and become very clear to me in the last six to eight months. And because I now have, well, we've always had a why with semi-retired MD, but I never had like a smart goal almost is, is the equivalent of what we teach our, in our class about for our real estate investors that they want to have a goal of cash flow that they're going to have in three years. Well, now I've built that goal for semi-retired MD. I can tell you when I sit down and I tell people this, it gets people really excited. Like our independent contractors, for example, when they can see that I have a clear vision that I know where I'm going, it's so easy for them to get on board and like buy in to that vision and come work with us. And I think that's been a huge part of our success is having this clear vision because it's not only motivating us, but it's motivating everyone around us. And again, I think they want to follow a leader who knows where they're going. Like maybe it's certainty, maybe it's something else. But I think that's been a real important part of our success and a really big learning opportunity for me in the last eight months. Yeah, I think that really ties in with the values as well. So like, not only do you know where you're going, but also the values that are going to get you there, right? And so I think that all kind of ties in. And it ties in also with one of the things that I learned, which is that it just makes it fun when everybody's all on board and we can all kind of celebrate together. And Mm -hmm. so I think that's been really great for our business. Yeah, absolutely. And so again, you know, it's relevant to real estate for those of you who are building real estate empires, you know, knowing where you want to be in a year, where you want to be in three years, where you want to be in five years in terms of cash flow and laying that vision all out and actually communicating it to everyone around you. So like I remember even one of our early property managers, when we were talking to them the first time, I said, we're going to buy a lot more properties in this area. We're going to be building a huge portfolio. Like that's where we're going. And I remember the property manager kind of was 
getting on board with our vision of our real estate portfolio. And then they were saying, okay, well, this is going to be a long-term client and they're going to be a multiple client. And I see their vision and I see their focus and I see their determination and I'm going to get behind them and support them too. So I think even if, you know, you have just property managers and agents and people you're working with who are not your employees and they're not even your full-time independent contractors, but if you have a clear vision and you communicate it to everyone around you, people will get on board and help you. Yep, I agree. All right. Well, that covers the top things we learned building our semi-retired business this year. We hope you enjoyed the episode and learned a lot, and we'll see you next time. The Doctors Building Wealth podcast provides information only and does not provide any financial, legal, tax, medical, or psychological services or advice. You are responsible for your own financial, physical, mental, and emotional well-being, decisions, choices, actions, and results. You should contact a professional if you have any specific questions about your unique situation.